Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the August 1st episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 1699 to 1709 of the Catechism. Section 1. Man's vocation, life in the Spirit. 1699. Life in the Holy Spirit fulfills the vocation of man. Chapter 1. This life is made up of divine charity and human solidarity. Chapter 2. It is graciously offered as salvation. Chapter 3. Chapter 1. The dignity of the human person. 1700. The dignity of the human person is rooted in his creation in the image and likeness of God. It is fulfilled in his vocation to divine beatitude. It is essential to a human being freely to direct himself to this fulfilment. By his deliberate actions, the human person does or does not conform to the good promised by God and attested by moral conscience. Human beings make their own contribution to their interior growth. They make their whole sentient and spiritual lives into means of this growth. With the help of grace, they grow in virtue, avoid sin, and if they sin, they entrust themselves, as did the prodigal son, to the mercy of our Father in heaven. In this way, they attain to the perfection of charity. Article 1. Man in the image of God. 1701. Christ, in the very revelation of the mystery of the Father and of his love, makes man fully manifest to himself and brings to light his exalted vocation. It is Christ, the image of the invisible God, that man has been created in the image and likeness of the Creator. It is in Christ, Redeemer and Saviour, that the divine image, disfigured in man by the first sin, has been restored to its original beauty and ennobled by the grace of God. 1702. The divine image is present in every man. It shines forth in the communion of persons, in the likeness of the unity of the divine persons among themselves. 1703. Endowed with a spiritual and immortal soul, the human person is the only creature on earth that God has willed for his own sake. From his conception, he is destined for eternal beatitude. 1704. The human person participates in the light and power of the divine spirit. By his reason, he is capable of understanding the order of things established by the Creator. By free will, he is capable of directing himself towards his true good. He finds his perfection in seeking and loving what is true and good. 1705. By virtue of his soul and his spiritual powers of intellect and will, man is endowed with freedom, an outstanding manifestation of the divine image. 1706. By his reason, man recognises the voice of God, which urges him to do what is good and avoid what is evil. Everyone is obliged to follow this law, which makes itself heard in conscience and is fulfilled in the love of God and of neighbour. Living a moral life bears witness to the dignity of the person. 1707. Man, enticed by the evil one, abused his freedom at the very beginning of history. He succumbed to the temptation and did what was evil. He still desires the good, but his nature bears the wound of original sin. He is now inclined to evil and subject to error. Man is divided in himself. As a result, the whole life of men, both individual and social, shows itself to be a struggle, and a dramatic one, between good and evil, between light and darkness. 
1708. By his passion, Christ delivered us from Satan and from sin. He merited for us the new life in the Holy Spirit. His grace restores what sin had damaged in us. 1709. He who believes in Christ becomes a son of God. This filial adoption transforms him by giving him the ability to follow the example of Christ. It makes him capable of acting rightly and doing good. In union with the Saviour, the disciple attains the perfection of charity, which is holiness. Having matured in grace, the moral life blossoms into eternal life in the glory of heaven. So very well, we're beginning to see um, how we, uh, we continue here. And this is setting the, um, still setting the ground for all of the, um, the catechesis to come. That we look at, um, uh, we look at our vocation. That's the first thing we look at, what we are called to. And then um, look at uh, uh, charity, love, and human solidarity, which again is another way of saying this communion that we've seen so many times already in the catechism. And uh, it is offered as salvation, that is given to us as salvation, as this redemption that Christ gives to us. So, And it starts today looking at the whole topic of dignity, that we have this dignity, it, uh, that we have an immortal soul. And um, I suppose the, the important thing is that we are the, um, that we've been made by God for himself. You know, that we have been created by God for himself. This is what Gaudium et Space of the Second Vatican Council says very clearly, that we are made for God for himself. In number 1703 of the Catechism, it quotes uh, Gaudium et Space, uh, number 24. Gaudium says one of the documents of Vatican II, and it's uh, very important. And it says that the human person is the only creature on earth that God has willed for its own sake. That we are different to everything else. Again, you can talk about a poodle or a chimpanzee, you can talk about a dolphin and all these, yes, lovely, great, beautiful. And the, again, nature is fantastic, the beauty that is there in nature, but that none of them has the free will that we have. That we have this call to love God, that we have a dignity. You know, we have a dignity. A dog can never be anything other than a dog. In a sense, it has no choice. In its dignity, it has no choice. It has its dignity and it's a given. And the dog really has no choice in the matter. Much less so a flower. You know, if you have a sunflower, it's going to follow the sun. It can't say, well, I'm in bad humor today. I'm going to do something else. No, it ha it's different. It's different. Again, it can be extremely beautiful, but it's different. And still less so a mountain or a, a river. Yes, they have their dignity. Yes, they have their place in creation. Yes, they give glory to God by being what they are. But on the other hand, they don't have, they don't have this free will. They don't have the desire. You know, the, the river can't say, I'm having a bad hair day, so I'm going to flow the other direction. No, it flows the direction it flows. And it has no choice in the matter. And yet we are the only ones that have this freedom that the Lord gives us this freedom so that we can do what is good and avoid what is evil, that this is what humanity is about, following God and having freedom. 
So very well. So this is the section today. And we finish the section with the in brief. Uh, in brief, 17.10. Christ makes man fully manifest to man himself and brings to light his exalted vocation. 17.11. Endowed with a spiritual soul and intellect and with free will, the human person is from his very conception ordered to God and destined for eternal beatitude. He pursues his perfection in seeking and loving what is true and good. 17.12 In man, true freedom is an outstanding manifestation of the divine image. 17.13 Man is obliged to follow the moral law which urges him to do what is good and avoid what is evil. This law makes itself heard in his conscience. 17.14 Having been wounded in his nature by original sin, is subject to error and inclined to evil in exercising his freedom. 17.15 He who believes in Christ has a new life in the Holy Spirit. The moral life increased and brought to maturity in grace is to reach its fulfilment in the glory of heaven. And again, I know I promise not to talk after the in brief, but just to say that number 17.10, which again quoting from Gaudium at Space has maybe the most important line in the document of Gaudium at Space, that Christ reveals man to himself. That if we want to find out who we are, we need to look at Jesus. And that our icon, our pattern, our, um, our ideal is Jesus Christ. And that we need to look at him. He reveals um, He reveals us to ourselves. But again, this revelation also contains the Holy Spirit so that he can achieve it in us. This is why the contemplatio Dei, this contemplation of God, is so important. One of the images of heaven, that we look at him, we contemplate God, and that God will change us. So it's not like looking at Christ, you see some pattern that is too um, sublime, too high, too good, that we could never get there. We can never get there. It is too much for us. But by entrusting ourselves to him, we can be like him. That it's not that you've been given, I don't know, uh, an instruction manual of how to put together, um, I don't know, a combine harvester. That you get a combine harvester a very complicated agricultural machine and it comes in a million pieces and you have to put it together with a screwdriver. And uh, it's not this. It's not that this isn't Christian life. It's that we contemplate Christ and by surrendering ourselves to him, we allow him to achieve in us what we see in him. So very well, we continue tomorrow and tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1716 through 1724. God bless.